And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Magi were not the only ones warned not to return to Herod. In fact, Joseph was warned to flee, to flee to Egypt. After the Magi had departed, we hear in the verse just following today's gospel how Joseph had that second dream now, and he was warned by the angel, take the child, rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. This account of the flight into Egypt is a sobering reminder that evil wishes death. Especially the evil one. He wishes the death of goodness. He wishes the death of souls, the eternal death of souls in hell separated from God. And he wishes to strike out against God. Humans, of course, wish to kill God. Uh, wish to put aside any of his authority and deny his existence. Evil truly is something that is death-dealing. Notice what Jesus uh, said in the Gospels, that Satan was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Well, King Herod was so interested in protecting his throne and his power he had already murdered to do so, and he was willing to murder again, and he did so with the innocence, the holy innocence. He ordered that every baby boy in Bethlehem and its surrounding areas, age two and younger, should be put to death, just to defend his throne. Well, the threat, of course, was real. When Joseph awakes from that dream, he leaves with Mary, and Jesus that very night. This is the second time Egypt would be a refuge. Let's consider, compare and contrast uh, that first time Egypt was a refuge and the second time now. That first time, of course, was when Joseph, the son of Jacob, the 11th son of Jacob, is despised by his brothers, thrown into a cistern. They intend to kill him, but then they sell him into slavery. And he is brought as a slave and a servant into Egypt. Well, of course, through dreams. It's one of the things that both Joseph from Egypt and Joseph, uh, St. Joseph of Nazareth have in common, these dreams. Well, the dreams help Joseph of Egypt to ascend to the second place in the kingdom, just next to the Pharaoh. And of course, he helps, as we've already mentioned, to save the Egyptians by building barns during the seven years of plenty. And then these barns during the famine, the seven years of wanting, other nations are able to come in. They were able to sell and become rich through this sale of, gra sale of grain. Well, of course, one of the families that is helped is the family of Jacob and his sons. Jacob even gets a chance to meet the Pharaoh, and they end up settling in what is called the Goshen area near the uh, supply city of Ramses in Egypt. 
and they live there for 400 years. They are blessed by God, they increase and multiply, and of course then later on at a time, another Pharaoh comes along who forgets Joseph, and they are imprisoned. They are enslaved yet once again. This time, not just Joseph, but the entire chosen people. They need plagues in order to be set free, and these signs and wonders as they are going through the desert. The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. We have the manna falling from heaven, the quail flying down to provide them with protein. And then, of course, water from the rock. Quite amazing. But contrast that to this other time Egypt is used. Saint Joseph leaves because of a dream. And there's no big caravan. They are basically undercover. They leave at night immediately. They go to Egypt in order to protect, as I've mentioned before, to protect the living bread. He who would be our bread from heaven in the future. They only stay long enough until Herod is killed, or until Herod dies, rather. And in a dream, his last and final dream that we know of, Joseph is told that Herod is now dead. He then travels back to Israel, but he avoids Judea because Herod's son, Archelaus, well, he's concerned that he's, well, uh, of the same kind of nature. So he avoids the southern two tribes and goes up and lives in Galilee and Nazareth. Well, now God's grace assuredly was involved, and God's grace is what counts. But notice there aren't any stupendous miracles that, are, that occur. Only the angel and a man with a staff. That's it. Isn't that amazing? No signs and wonders, no plagues, no legions, no Red Sea crashing in upon the enemy. It's just a man who is open to God's grace, who is obedient, who is diligent, who uses common sense. That is how the Savior is saved. Quite remarkable, isn't it? As I said, we continue our homily series by considering Joseph as the zealous and diligent defender of Christ. Notice God strips away all of the show of power and leaves it to the father of a family to defend his family. Grace is always active. We know that. But it's not this kind of showy grace. It's an interior grace, a kind of grittiness and down-to-earth use of grace. This is a very important lesson both for fathers and for all Christians. First and foremost with the Christians. Remember, when we receive our Lord worthily, we've already spoken about how to adore our Lord as St. Joseph adored the Christ child, but we also need, like Joseph, to defend the life of Christ that we are allowed to carry in our very hearts. Remember, mortal sin means pushing the life of God outside. It isn't killing God, but we are killing ourselves. Mortal, it's deadly. We are pushing the life of God out. What is a great way in which we can defend the life of Christ enthroned in our hearts? Well, 
we all know that when we are confronted with danger, we either can have the fight or flight instinct. Now let's remember humans can do one third option, and that is give in, unfortunately, to the danger, give in to the temptation. But in order to avoid temptation, we can fight it actively or we can run away. There is nothing embarrassing about that flight into Egypt. God is showing us that simply walking away is a good thing. Sometimes we need to walk away from friendships that aren't friendships. People that are leading us astray. People that are wanting us to sin. Sometimes we need to walk away from a certain place, a near occasion of sin. It might be a bar. It might be uh, a store of some kind. Or we just might be kind of aware that there are certain times we shouldn't go shopping, certain times we shouldn't do this, that, or the other thing. We have to use the common sense and openness. When the Holy Spirit enlightens us and says, you don't need to go there today. We should listen like Joseph. We should act immediately like Joseph. Run away. It's not embarrassing. That is its own kind of courage and common sense, knowing when we just need to leave. Joseph didn't have an army. He ran from Herod. He let God take care of Herod. Fathers, this is also a very important role for you. Fathers need to protect their families from the forces of evil that are intent on destroying goodness, innocence, and purity. Evil isn't satisfied with do doing its own thing. It insists on corrupting others. And unfortunately, people who cooperate with the devil have that same mindset. They want, if, if I'm doing this, I want other people to do this too. I need to almost be justified in my evil by everyone else doing it as well. The, de the devil and so many aligned with him in this world wish to enslave our children to materialism and hedonism. Fathers, defend the family. Defend family life. Defend children. Take active steps of removing near occasions of sin. Monitor and limit the ways that corrupting influences can damage the spiritual health of our family. We know one of the main ways is just media because it can get into our homes in many and varied ways. And so let us ask St. Joseph to help us, all of us, to be defenders of the life of Christ in our hearts and in our families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.